But now our focus turns to the usually the race that stops the nation. But I know the cheesy taglines change to the race that restarts the nation with live sport and crowds coming back in Melbourne. So our Grandstand Racing Analyst, Matt Clinch and Dan Miles join me in the studio. G'day, gents. Colby, hello. Good afternoon to everyone. The 161st running of the Melbourne Cup. And it does revert back to a, a more local event than what we've seen in recent history. Due to the pandemic and the increased challenges about getting international horses into Australia, we'll have just the two international runners in this year's race with Twilight Payment backing up for Joseph O'Brien, who is just uh, all of a sudden starting to find Group 1 victories for fun in the shadows of his father, of course, and Spanish Mission, who's had some challenges in the lead-up to the Cup. So it should, in theory, Dan, make it easier to assess the field, and yet it feels like it's more open and we've got nine horses that are over 100 to 1, and that makes it even more complicated. It's an interesting edition of the Cup. We don't have the internationals. We don't have the international jockeys as well coming in. We do have a couple of Sydney-based hoops that have made their way down. But the one thing that we don't lack at the moment, which is really exciting and part of the makeup of the Melbourne Cup, is there's no lack of storylines that we can follow throughout the race. There's fairy tales that are asking to be won. There are a David-Goliath battle between country trainers and some of the big wigs. Uh, and the internationals that we do have are top line. So as much as we don't have maybe the number of horses that have come from overseas, what we do have is the quality. Spanish Mission uh, has got form lines through the world's best stayer in Stradivarius. Uh, as you mentioned, Twilight Payment, we've seen just how good that horse is. And as you mentioned, Joseph O'Brien, it's just like shelling peas for him at the moment. So there's not much that he can't do. And then, of course, we do have another international in the field right down the bottom, Sir Lucan, a well-rated, well-related horse, a half to Sir Dragonet, who won the Cup, uh, the Cox Plate last year. And if he's going to go into any stable, uh, Gay Waterhouse knows how to train a Melbourne Cup winner. And Glenn Boss certainly knows how to ride them. So there's certainly a couple of ticks next to Sir Lucan's name as well. There certainly is. So Chris Waller has four runners. Kieran Maher and Dave Eustace have four as well. Gay Waterhouse and Adrian Bott have a couple. And yet Peter Moody has the horse that everyone wishes they had, uh, the Queensland connection with Incentivise. The, the shortest Melbourne Cup favourite going back to Farlap in the 1930s. So No pressure there. No pressure. And pressure is an interesting topic when it comes to Melbourne Cups because we've seen plenty of favourites, plenty of top weights that have been beaten. But this is a horse that... I mean, you say that all the time, but this might be a once-in-a-generation stayer that we're looking at here with Incentivise. The Queensland connection, the romantic uh, connection between Peter Moody, Stephen Tregray, and and the horse's roots in Queensland is irresistible. But what's also irresistible is the way that this horse performs on track. Uh, That Caulfield Cup win for Brett Preble was just phenomenal. The way that he was able to put out pressure and continue a really sustained high-pressure run had it it had all the hallmarks of a Melbourne Cup horse and that's why the bookies have found him and the punters have uh, flocked to incentivise because there's nothing that we've seen on the track that would make you question his ability to run two miles and that's the only question that we've got at the moment. He's waited right up to his best uh, but his best is better than we've seen for a long time in the staying ranks. So for listeners that are not aware, Steve Tregay obviously trained and owned the horse in Queensland, Mm -hmm. could tell that he had something special on his hands even though had only... Uh, run once in the last 12 months before earlier this year. They cut a deal and obviously Peter Moody becomes involved in the horse, comes down to Melbourne, wins three consecutive Group 1 races. And Brett Preble's been aboard for all three of them. He can join us on ABC Sport in the lead-up to the Melbourne Cup. Brett, welcome. Good afternoon. 
Uh, thanks very much for joining us. Um, firstly, give us an insight as to how you're feeling a couple of days out for the Cup. I'm sure there have been various years where you might have to drop a bit of weight in order to ride. I'm, I'm gathering this year is a little bit more relaxed. Yeah, it's actually the most probably comfortable sovereign in the um, Cup weight-wise. Um, it's, uh, yeah, it's, it's he, obviously it's a, it's a decent task, the, the weight he's got to carry, but um, he's, he's obviously he's earned it. So, um, yeah, it's a little bit exciting coming into it. Um, I was sort of wanted to come around a little bit, actually. It's just <laughs> anticipation, anticipation a little bit at the moment. But, um, uh, it's exciting. We're all super excited about incentivise, especially for Tuesday to see what's possible. Uh, what's allowed, in your opinion, this horse? He's improved every time he's run, which gives us optimism for the Melbourne Cup. But what have you noticed each time you've jumped on? I don't know if I've noticed each time. He's just, just in the first time I rode him, I knew he was pretty, pretty special. Um, but he's, he's just an uh, exceptional horse. Obviously, he's got an exceptional ability and, and an amazing high cruising speed that a lot of horses can't can't uh, keep up with you know so he's um uh he's just un- untapped and you know the 32 is still unknown for him at the moment but it looks everything looks like it's uh you know so he'll, he'll handle that trip no problem brett you're one of the lucky few that actually get to sit on these horses backs can you tell us you've run in a melbourne cup you've won a melbourne cup it's a high pressure race and the longest group one in australia so stamina plays a part pressures there what does it actually feel like to ride in a melbourne cup Oh, obviously it's a, it's a privilege, you know. It's uh, yeah, I mean, twenty four hours to get to do it once every year. So, um, yeah, it's uh, a lot of hard work goes into it. Obviously, you, you've got to be in form, and you and and you've got to be um, sort of wanted at the time to get into it. So once you get in, in, in the opportunity, it's um, it's very fulfilling. Is it more physically taxing than riding in other races, knowing that not only what's on the line, but the fact that you've got these horses running two miles and that last burst to the post from the clock tower to the finish, uh, everything's on the line, not only uh, prize money, but you know dreams that people have had since they're, they're a child. Does it, is it more physically taxing than riding in other races? No, I don't think, you know, you don't treat it as any, any differently, really. You know, I think, obviously, as you say, said, there's a lot lots of different things um, riding on it but um, we, we we just got to go out there and do a job and treat it like it's, you know, as a maiden or, or, or as the Melbourne Cup it's no different in that sense for, for me mm. What's it been like since you came back from Hong Kong and, and returned to the Victorian riding ranks? Uh, you, you mentioned after the Caulfield Cup I think it was that it's easy to be a champion once and it's harder to be a champion twice so you've obviously had to, to work to get back into the good books of some of these trainers. Has that been a, a difficult thing? Or what's it been like going from the highs of Hong Kong to, to having to make a name for yourself here again in Victoria? Yeah, it was definitely, it was, wasn't easy um, by, by no means. But um, I've, I, I think it makes you appreciate it more, definitely. I think it, um, you know, obviously I was very successful at a young age and obviously went, went to Hong Kong and was quite successful there. So... You come back and then you actually basically start from scratch was um, was difficult and and, and at, at, at times it was hard for me to get my head around to to think what I, ha- I actually had to do to be successful again here was you know I wasn't sure whether I wanted to commit to that and really uh, give it a hundred percent at the time but um, obviously once I got my head around I then I, I I went full steam ahead and and obviously success started coming and, and that just builds confidence in, in, in yourself or in a jo- any jockey or any sportsman once you start winning and uh, I think my, got my tail up and just started um, 
to really get, get um, some really big wins, which obviously um, is what, what we all strive to do. And a little birdie tells me that you might have your son Thomas to thank for the ride on Incentivise, that uh, Thomas has been working with Peter Moody out at Pakenham um, in his striving to become an apprentice jockey, and you may have followed him out there that's led you to the favourite on the Melbourne Cup. Is there any truth in that? Yeah, well, probably, maybe somewhat. You know, I was sort of going out there and um, sort of just having a, having a little keep uh, my eye on him, and while we're riding some track work together, just low work and just canning around, and obviously um, it was basically just um, having... It's enjoyable to, you know, just to spend some time with my son and something we both enjoy doing. And, um, you know, obviously at the same time he's learning and I could give him some, some advice along the way was, was nice. And, and you know, by, by probably going out there, I, I actually probably picked up a couple of rides along the way. And and then, you know, with circumstances, they had the, the ride come available of incentivise that was definitely maybe somewhat um, some, some chance of being uh, true in, in what you said. The voice of Brett Preble, who's aboard the favourite for Tuesday's Melbourne Cup, incentivise. Um, barrier 16, I mean, you had a, a wide barrier for the Caulfield Cup. Does that change the tactics at all for the Melbourne Cup? I don't think so. I think it's um, it's probably be- definitely better than an inside draw. You, you, you don't have to be... Um, um, you're not controlled by the others. You know, it's very... It is a bit... It can be a muddling and, and jostling sort of um, race to get your position in going to the winning post for the first time. So <clears throat> we can sort of just take our time and um, and just let him get in a position where he's he's comfortable and I'm comfortable with. And we say that the tempo of the race, that'll... Uh, will, will allow me to to be where, where, where I think suits us on the day. And in terms of your preparation, will you look through who the main dangers are for the race? No, I was actually just going out to find um, a news agency to find, buy a best bet, actually. <laughs> so uh, I'll have a look at it today and um, come up with a little bit of a plan and I'll speak to the owners and the trainer. And um, yeah, we've still got a couple of days. So it's. Um, yeah. We go, yeah, I'm not going to drive myself mad with it all day, but um, I'll definitely cast my eyes over it. And few, few horses I'm not 100% sure with will I'll, I'll familiarise myself with them. and... Yeah, and just, um, yeah, just, as I said earlier, can't, can't wait for the day to come around. <laughs> and I'm sure listeners are fascinated. We always love the sort of the behind-the-scenes sort of insight. Is Peter Moody the kind of trainer that will give you really specific instructions as to how he wants the horse run for the Melbourne Cup, or is he the type of trainer who says, I trust you, whatever happens, we're in it together? Yeah, I think that. You know, he's, oh, he definitely he has his opinion, but um, he don't, oh, oh, from what I've the little involvement I had with riding for him, he doesn't really tie a jockey down or give him the instructions. He he basically has a discussion about them, and 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 as I said earlier, we we come up with a plan together. So, and I think that's um, a nice way to uh, to, to ride myself. I, I I think that's um, because things change very quickly out there, and it happens fast. So you know it's hard to um, go out for one plan and and try and uh, execute it. And finally, when you won the Melbourne Cup back in 2012, you were flying in, flying out from Hong Kong, weren't you? So uh, to some extent, did you still get to enjoy, uh, I guess, the celebrations that come when you win a cup? Yeah, it was a bit of a whirlwind, but I was fortunate enough that the Hong Kong uh, Jockey Club allowed me to uh, get off my rides on the Thursday and, and stay back for a couple extra days. And uh, it was definitely like, I, I think I had maybe 30 or 40 interviews after it. And um, <laughs> yeah, it was pretty hectic, I must say. It was, uh, it was something that... Um, you know, you, you, it was a dream come true, and I, I sort of I took it all in and, and, and uh, really um, 
really appreciate the the the, the moment of, of it. Um, and obviously, then we went back to Hong Kong, and you sort of just go back to your normal daily life, you know, until you get the, it comes around to the next year, you know. So, um, yeah, it's definitely changed my life somewhat, but not uh, not to, to that much degree. So, what would it mean to be a two-time Melbourne Cup winner? Would the celebrations go for a bit longer? Um, yeah, it would be it'd be pretty pretty special for sure. Obviously, and my children are going to be there, so that that. Um, last time they they couldn't because I sort of flew home, but uh, uh, that'd be pretty 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 raw, um, special and pretty fulfilling if they were, if they come true. Absolutely, fingers crossed, Brett. Thanks for your time. Look forward to seeing you out there on Tuesday. Thanks very much, Brett Preville. Joining us, he's the jockey aboard Incentivise, the uh, just better than uh, even money favourite for the Melbourne Cup with Peter Moody, the trainer. So for a lot of punters. They'll have him at the very top of the list and then we'll try and work our way down as to where some of the other possibilities might be, Dan. So if we go to Spanish Mission, trained in the UK and Ireland, excellent staying form in Europe. Um, last start back in August, faced Stradivarius there, but the, the concerns in the days leading up was the, the regular check-ins from the vet to make sure the horse was okay. Yeah, and I, I think punters and anyone involved in the horse would have had their fingers, toes crossed that uh, Spanish Mission was able to come through that safely and, and in good condition and the good news is that he's been given the, good, the green light by Racing Victoria and if you have any concerns about whether Racing Victoria or the vets are taking this seriously when it comes to horse welfare you only have to look at Gold Trip being scratched from the Cox mm. Plate a week ago to know that they're, they're not going to let a horse run if it isn't absolutely correct and absolutely fine so I wouldn't have any concerns with Spanish Mission the form you mentioned, that second to Stradivarius in the Lonsdale Cup, Stradivarius is without doubt the best stayer in the world so if you're needing to draw any sort of form line it was beaten by 0.2 of a length there uh he's been out at Werribee being looked after by Tony Noonan who's had nothing but high praise for the way that this horse takes himself about he's a stallion but he's obviously got his mind on racing and enjoys it because he's an absolute professional on the track and he's paired up with an absolute professional in Craig Williams too and drawn 14 we you just mentioned earlier that incentivize is 16 there's not going to be much between them in that first run to the post so uh I think Spanish Mission has earned his place as second favourite in the race. So Andrew Balding, the trainer, and Craig Williams, the jockey. Twilight Payment, obviously, last year's defending champion. You've got to be a pretty good horse to win multiple Melbourne Cups. We saw that with Mackay Diva. The question is, is, is he going as well as what he was last year? The word from Werribee is that he's absolutely going as well as he was last year. The tricky thing is he's going to have to carry a lot more weight than he carried last year. He's got 58 kilos and the top weight. Um, whether he's improved is the question. He's going as well, no doubt, and his form over at the Curra, he won the Irish St. Ledger trial and then placed second in the Irish St. Ledger itself, uh, beaten less than a length to Sunny Boy Liston. So that form stacks up. It's whether he's improved enough to continue on and, and be good enough to beat the likes of Incentivise and Spanish Mission and even Very Elegant, who mm. feels like a, a forgotten horse. But how do you say that a horse that's won nine Group 1s <laughs> is a forgotten horse is a, a little bit beyond me. And the partnership of James McDonald and Chris Waller, they had four winners on, on yeah. Saturday at Flemington. So certainly she ticks a lot of boxes. But, um, yeah, there's, there's nothing to say that Twilight Payment couldn't go back-to-back. Back, but to do that, you have to be very good. I was going to say, there's all sorts of logic when it comes to Cup Day. It can be names, it can be form, it can be jockeys. And if you're a jockey fan, James McDonald is probably right up there as one of the best in the business. The great part about Cup Day is there's all different stories that come from different walks of life. A man who knows a thing or two about big occasions winning, of course, a couple of grand finals is Dennis Pagan, who now finds himself in the mix of Cup preparation. Dennis, welcome to ABC Sport. And how are you feeling with Johnny Get Angry leading up to the Cup? 
Um, look, a, a little bit telly, actually. Um, I just don't want him to uh, make a fool of himself. I, I really didn't have any intentions of running him after his dismal run in the, in the Geelong Cup. And, you know, we got him... Uh, I got my own vet to x-ray his knees and scan his uh, uh, suspensories and just see if there's anything wrong and, and scoped him. And then the Race of Victoria vet had a look at him. Uh, and he came back. He looked good. He's dappled up. Um, and I said, gee, um, I've got two options here. Take all the headgear off. He had blinkers, uh, tongue tie and crossover noseband on. So I took them off and I, I thought, well, maybe he's still taking the mickey out of us. We don't know for sure. Um, they're very, they get very cunning. And I just asked Damien uh, Oliver to ride him because at this stage, this was on Breakfast with the Stars on the Tuesday, last Tuesday. And I just said, just want your assessment where you think he's at. And he rode him, and he, he galloped sensationally. You know, got home the last 422.7 seconds, which is a good a, a good uh, section at the end of uh, 1800 uh, gallop. But he just said, "Look, you'd be bad not to uh, mad not to run him. Um, you're in it, you burnt it." Um, and I thought I thought about it for a while, and then he came over and had a chat to Lockie King. He was great, and. Um, I, I sort of walked away and said, well, look, I'm in it. I'm never going to get in this uh, situation again in my life, probably, uh, being realistic. So I said, yeah, we'll have a crack. So his, his track work's been good. He looked bright and uh, uh, enthusiastic this morning, just sort of counted him around the inside sand Flemington, and, you know, I was pleased. Now, what's going to happen on Tuesday, I don't really know. We, we sort of... Uh, just counted him over a couple of logs on um, Friday morning just to smarten him up and change things around, took him to a different place to gallop, and hopefully that all does the trick. But I can tell you what, I learned a lot well, more in the last two weeks than I have been in the last 18 months. Down at <laughs> so um, <coughs> I'm in the hands of the Philistines, and I, I tell you what, if you're in my position, you'd go and buy one of those Groucho Marks uh, uh, disguises with a big nose and a moustache <laughs> and sit in the grass. And if he runs a terrible, you run out the back door. I'm sure a lot of our listeners are wondering, obviously, having been to the pinnacle in, in one sporting code in AFL, um, do you get more nervous in a racing sense? You had the thrill of the, the derby win 12 months ago. Does the nerves leading up to Cup Day, um, I guess, succeed what you experience in a footy sense? No, football is, because uh, there's so many other people involved in football, you know, you're coaching your team, the players, uh, the club, um, your supporters and your sponsors and so many people are relying on you and when I was coaching in the AFL and you get to big games I was in grand finals, I was in combat mode about Tuesday um, I'm a lot more relaxed uh, whether it's age um, as regarding uh, um, uh, with my horses, I've only got one Leviathan owner, that's my wife Cheryl and <laughs> it, she doesn't know when the Melbourne Cup's on so, <laughs> so we just uh, it's not a matter of uh, um, being over the top, but I am a little bit toey this morning. It's good to hear. Dennis, uh, a simple question for you, but maybe not a simple answer. What's harder to train, a racehorse or a team of AFL footballers? Well, look, it's, it's very hard uh, uh, to compare. Then all of a sudden there are so many uh, uh, parallels. You think to yourself, yeah, you do this or you do that. The biggest thing is um, uh, the players can talk to you and tell you where they're sore. The horses can't. But on the flip side, the players are out night clubbing and whatever they're doing when the horses are home, tucked in and um, having their uh, 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 chaff. So uh, <laughs> six to one, half a dozen the other. Dennis, you're living the dream. Good luck against the likes of Peter Moody and Joseph O'Brien, Chris Waller and uh, all the main contenders. We can't wait for Tuesday. That's an understatement. <laughs> I'll need a lot of luck. <laughs> uh, 
Dennis Fagan joining us on ABC Sport. He's got Johnny Get Angry, whose form probably hasn't been as good, Dan, in, in the last preparation since the, the derby last year, but part of the Australian dream. That's it. You have to be in it to win it. And, and that was the case heading into the derby. His form was potentially a little bit better, but he was an outsider heading into the derby that, that people had written off. And it was the fairy tale victory watching Dennis bring uh, the horse back in under the famous Flemington Roses, uh, waving to the non-existent crowd. At least there'll be 10,000 there if he does get the chance to, to do so again this year. But the question with uh, Johnny Get Angry, I guess, is how much luck does Dennis Pagan have left? He's, he's certainly <laughs> used it throughout his career and a fair chunk of it went to the derby. If he's got any left, I'm, I'm sure he's absolutely dusting it all off and, and putting it over Johnny Get Angry uh, ahead of Tuesday's Cup. So we've run through three or four of the top competitors. Um, on obviously, Dennis Pagan with the, the story that transcends from footy to racing. What about a local story? Warnable's Simon Wilde, who's hoping to hold a Melbourne Cup aloft. It's a brilliant story. Uh, I spoke to Simon earlier this morning, and he, he's a, a trainer that has a small team out in Warnable, which is around three hours west of Melbourne. He has a, a unique small boutique team of racehorses that that train on the on the track and also use the beach they do a lot of swimming uh and for simon wilde he's got a horse by the name of tralee rose that comes in fresh off the back of a victory in the geelong cup on wednesday uh he's a winner at flemington he's a winner over close to close to 3200 meters there was a a slight hiccup in the adelaide cup earlier this year but Mm. outside of that for, for Simon Wilde, this is a, a dream come true. And I, I spoke to him earlier today. This is what he had to say. It's all looking like it's becoming a bit of a reality. With, uh, you know, we've always had the pipe dream and you never, uh, you never really think you're going to get there. But you know, she's now in the field. The barriers are out and it's all becoming uh, sort of dawning on us a little bit and it's all becoming a yeah, reality. So it's, it's very exciting for everyone involved. We've got, uh, you know, we've got a big team of supporters down here that... Um, so Simon Wilde, who's uh, got part of the dream. Some of the other stories which will bring you on Cup Day. Rachel King, of course, trying to follow in the footsteps of Michelle Payne. Uh, we touched on James McDonald, one of the best jockeys in the business. And Harry Coffey, who's a youngster who's grown up with uh, multiple sclerosis. Cystic fibrosis. Uh, cystic fibrosis, sorry. And um, obviously, as a result of that, has had some health challenges, but he'll get to ride in the cup from Swan Hill. The tenacity that Harry's shown throughout his career is brilliant. You've also got the likes of Karen McAvoy, a man who knows how to win a Melbourne Cup, aiming for four. Damien Oliver's trying to do it with the Freedmans, which he's done before. And, and there's not to say that we don't have the New Zealand connection as well, with a couple of Kiwi-based runners trying to to re-emulate what they've been able to do in, in the 90s and, and take back Australia's great staying race. So there's plenty of action to see. So 2.30 to 3.30 uh, Australian Eastern Time will have cup coverage for you. A tip to depart. After listening to Brett Preble, I'm just more confident about incentivise. <laughs> I think this is a once-in-a-generation stayer that we're looking at. He's got the chance to prove it, and I, I can't see anything beating him at this point. Yeah, I'm not sure I can back incentivise. So maybe Grand Promenade as an outsider. Mara Eustace seem to have the best staying form in Australia, so that's my other throw at the stumps. Just a tip. Not backing it. It's just a tip. <laughs> Ones to follow. There's lots of opinions that float around between now and Tuesday. Can't wait to have you out there, Corby. You're going to yes. look dapper, I'm sure. Uh, a bit nervous about that, but I might have to do some shopping now that retail's open before uh, before Tuesday. Uh, thanks very much, guys. Looking forward to it on Tuesday. Thanks, Matt. Colby.